Matthew chapter five. Matthew 25, verse 23 to 24. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. 所以你在祭坛上献礼物的时候，若想起弟兄向你怀怨，就把礼物留在坛前，先去，先去同同弟兄和好，然后来献礼物。Then Ephesians chapter four，然后以弗所书第四章，Ephesians chapter four，verse Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. And then finally in Matthew chapter eighteen. And verse 21. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Can we bow with a further word of prayer? Lord, we want to thank you for the privilege that we have to gather together. Lord, we are reminded this morning that you paid a wonderful price to redeem us. Lord, we owe you eternally. Lord, in light of having partaken of the bread and the cup, Lord, may we also learn this matter of how to love one another. Lord, we just as you have loved us, may we love one another. So Lord, we pray that you may open up your word this morning. That through the Holy Spirit, Lord, you may speak to us. Lord, may you give us attentive ears. To be able to hear what you are saying to us. But Lord, we also ask that you may give us a teachable heart. That after this meeting, we may be different. We may be changed by your word. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We know that our current topic is this matter of sonship. And in the Bible, 
it talks about us being conformed to the image of Christ. That we are to grow up. We are to be mature. We are to be like our Lord. He has placed His life in us. But it is not enough that we remain as babies. But we need to grow up. If you think about the life of the Lord, remember that after He ministered on this earth, He lived quietly before God as a tender shoot for 30 years. But then when He was 30, he came out in public ministry. And at the end of that time, there was one time where he took his disciples and then went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And what does the Bible say? He said, He was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. A voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. At the end of our Lord's ministry, the Lord fully satisfied the Father. You saw that in Him there was full of glory. And that it could no longer be contained. So that's why his face shone like the sun. His garments became white as light. So, brothers and sisters, no one had seen glory at any time. But the only begotten who is in the bosom of the Father, he demonstrated glory. Our Lord Jesus was perfect in obedience to his father. And the picture that you saw on Mount of Transfiguration, that was glory. That was maturity. Brothers and sisters, to be conformed to the image of his son is to be, to be like him. But brothers and sisters, we often think, of course the Lord was mature. He's like that mature grape in full bloom. But brothers and sisters, that was, um, surely it was a sign of his maturity. But, Brothers and sisters, remember, at that point, the Bible and Luke says that he was discussing with Elijah and Moses how he was to leave this world. As far as God was concerned, his life was fully mature. He said, This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. The Lord could have left from there. He could have ascended to the right hand of the Most High. And there would be a man in glory. 
A man that fully satisfies the heart of God. But brothers and sisters, the Lord did not ascend from Mount of Transfiguration. The Lord descended from the Mount of Transfiguration. And He set His face towards Jerusalem. And He embraced the cross. Because He loved us. Because He did not want that glory just to be His. He wanted to be the firstborn among many brethren. He wanted that glory to be also ours. But brothers and sisters, how did he demonstrate that glory? He set his face towards Jerusalem. In Jerusalem was not a throne waiting for him. What was waiting for him in Jerusalem was shame and a curse and the cross. So brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus is willing to pay that price. For you and for me, He was willing to die on the cross. He was willing to give it all. So brothers and sisters, what is the demonstration of maturity? What's the ultimate sign of, of sonship? Was not that that grape was just mature. But that grape was willing to go through the wine press. He was willing to be crushed. As a result of him being crushed, brothers and sisters, out of him flowed forth wine. We remember that on the cross, when the Soldier pierced our Lord's side. Water and blood came forth out of his side. The blood spoke of forgiveness. The water spoke of life. And his life poured out, brothers and sisters. He's like that grain of wheat that, that was willing to die in the ground. If he didn't die, he would remain alone. He could have ascended by himself. But because he died, he bore more much fruit. So brothers and sisters, our Lord's ultimate demonstration of his sonship and of his maturity. Was that he was willing to go to the cross? He was willing to forgive us. He was willing to pay the price. So, brothers and sisters, the same way, how do we know that we are overcomers? How do we know that we are mature? How do we know that we have attained to sonship? Is by the measure of the love that we have. Is by the measure of how we are willing to forgive one another. So, my daughter Bethany is 12. And my son Elijah is nine. And I must think probably starting from about three or four years ago. And uh, I hope I'm not betraying them. But they argue almost every day. And it's about the silliest things. But it's always about who is better. 
就是在这边议论说谁比较好。Who is greater? 谁比较比较比较好 ？And if someone did something to the other person, 如果一个人对另外一个人做了一件事 ，the other person has to get back at that person. 那你一定要就要报复。If that if one person said something mean. 那如果人说一个比较不好听的话 ，the other would say something mean back。那你就要讲不好的东西。And then it would escalate。那就一直一直一直就。And then their voice volume would escalate。那他的声音就越来越大。And they would start to argue。那就开始吵。And then Angel and I would have to deal with it。那我跟我的姊妹，我们就要解决这问题。And we say, can you not fight？ 你们可不可以不要吵 ？So it's every day。那每一天。And of course, we have to learn patience。我们就要学习要忍耐。But but so I had this question。我就有这个问题。So I went to Esther, my sister。我就问我的我的姐姐。Now she also has two kids。那她有两个孩子。Hannah and Noah。Hannah 跟 Noah。So I asked her。我就问她说。Did your kids fight growing up as well？ 他们长大的时候也也是这样一直。She goes absolutely。那当然都有吵。They fought every day。每天都在吵。All the time。不断的吵。I said, but then what happened? I don't see them fighting anymore. 那怎么了？他们现在看他们也不吵。I said, what's the secret? 那有什么秘诀呢 ？She says they grew up. 他们就长大了。They became mature. 他们成长，他们成熟了。Now, of course, the Lord dealt with them. 那当然主对付了他们。Of course, there's a spiritual aspect. 那当然有属灵的一方面。But a big part of it is. 但是很大的一部分。They grew up. 他们就长大了。They became mature. 他们成熟了。So now they don't fight anymore. 他们现在不吵了。Now they're like best friends. 他们现在就非常好的朋友。So brothers and sisters. The question is this. The question is, do we fight? That we are also fighting. Now, in First Corinthians chapter three, in verse three, what did Paul say? That Paul said what? Paul told the Corinthian believers, "For you are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men?" 你们人是属肉体的，因为你们，因为在你们中间有嫉妒纷争，这岂不是属乎肉体，照着世人的样子行吗 ？So brothers and sisters, Paul asked the Corinthians. 所以亲爱的弟兄保罗问啊，这个哥林多人。Aren't you? You are fleshly. 你是属肉体的。And the verse before says, "I gave you milk to drink, not solid food." For you were not yet able to receive it. 那前一节就说那是喂你们奶，因为还没有给你们饭吃，因为你们还不够成熟。So who drinks milk? 那是谁？ Babies drink milk. 那是谁喝？是谁？是喂奶？是是婴儿？ So Paul was saying, I cannot give you milk. 那保罗说，我不能只给你喂奶。Because you are immature. 因为你不成熟。You are fleshly. 你是属肉体的。Because there is jealousy and strife among you. 因为嫉妒有纷争。Because you are babies. 因为你们都是。You are not mature. Therefore, you fight. So you will fight. Therefore, you do not forgive one another. So you will not forgive one another. So brothers and sisters, in Romans chapter eight, it says the mind set on the flesh is death. That your, ah, if you are only flesh, then death is death. So, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. That if you are under the Holy Spirit, then peace and happiness. So that's the question. This is the question. Are we fleshly? Are we fleshly? Brothers and sisters, what does it mean to be a testimony? That we are doing what? It means to demonstrate the life of Christ. That you want to demonstrate the life of Christ. That you want to demonstrate the life of Christ. That you want to demonstrate the life of Christ. That you want to demonstrate the life of Christ. That you want to demonstrate People didn't know what love was. They didn't know what love was. But when they saw him, 
They saw, wow, this is love. When they, wherever he went, people didn't know what heaven was. When they saw the Lord, this is heaven. So brothers and sisters, this is what it means to be a testimony. So when people don't know what heaven is, when people come to our homes, they should be able to come to heaven. When people don't know what love is, when they come to the meeting on the Lord's Day, they see what love is. But brothers and sisters, what do they see? But do they see heaven on earth? Or do they see hell on earth? So brothers and sisters, when you at home, is it heaven on earth? Or is it hell on earth? The home that we provide our children. Is it heaven on earth? Or hell on earth? We know that there is fighting at work. That is normal. But is there fighting in our midst? Are we fleshly brothers and sisters? Paul said, You are of the flesh. If there is jealousy and strife among you. So, brothers and sisters, what we should demonstrate is heaven on earth. And what does that mean? That means there is oneness. That brothers and sisters love one another. But is that the situation we see today? You know how many denominations there are in the church today? 38,000. Brothers and sisters, is that what the Lord meant when He said one body? One loaf, one cup, one spirit. But the church today is divided. Why? Because Paul says we are fleshly. Our mind are not setting on the spirit, but on the flesh. We are immature. We hold grudges against one another. So, brothers and sisters, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, 1 John 4:20, it says, If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen, Cannot love God whom he has not seen. Do we re- um, so and then uh, let's also read another portion in first first Corinthians chapter eleven. Now this is a very familiar portion. Many brothers often quote this, these verses when we come before the bread and the cup. And that's starting from verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And then verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. So I don't know what you think when brothers always share this. What does it mean to examine ourselves? And what does it mean to take the bread and the cup in an unworthy manner? I am sure, of course, that if we are in sin, we have to confess our sin. We have to recognize the price that the Lord Jesus paid. So, of course, there is that aspect of uh, eating and drinking in the right manner. We can probably understand that. But we always have to allow the Word of God to interpret the Word of God. Is there another place in the Bible that helps us clarify what does this portion mean? What does it mean to eat the, the uh, eat and drink in a worthy manner? So so we read an earlier verse in Matthew chapter 5. Verse 23. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. So brothers and sisters, every Lord's Day, we present sacrifices of praise to the Lord. So what does it mean when Paul says examine yourselves? As we are to present our sacrifices of praise on a weekly basis. As we meditate and ask the Lord. Lord, 
am I, do I have something against my brother? Do I have a murmur in my heart against a brother or a sister? And here it says, There remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. So, brothers and sisters, before you break the bread, if the Lord brings to your remembrance something in that you have a murmur or a complaint against a brother or sister, we first need to be reconciled. And then we can come and offer it. And then we can come and break that bread. Because we know the bread and the cup speaks about how our Lord died for us. But that one loaf also speaks about the one testimony, the testimony of the oneness of the body of Christ. So brothers and sisters, to come before the presence of God, there not only cannot be a cloud between you and the Lord, so you should confess your sins. But there shouldn't be a cloud between you and your brother and sister. Brothers and sisters, that's what it means to not sin against God, the body of Christ. So not to take the, the bread and the cup in an unworthy manner. So we see the warning is very serious. But brothers and sisters, we thank the Lord. He, he gives us the bread and the cup every week. Every week we have a chance to reconcile with our brother and sister. So what is the secret for the oneness of the body? Is that on a weekly basis, there's a chance for us to clear the air. So, brothers and sisters, is there a brother or sister that has offended you? And somehow you have something in your heart. You cannot speak with that brother or sister. So, have you held that grudge in your heart? Have you not spoken with that person for a week? Or a month? Or even a few years? Brothers and sisters, think about it. Is there division among us? Are we like the Corinthians? Are we mature? So what are we to do? We are to reconcile. On a weekly basis. So if, if um, imagine um, um, uh, um, so sometimes people say um, it, it's good to have in places that have earthquakes, it's good to have them fairly frequently. Because when you shake frequently, you have less of a chance for there to be a big earthquake. Because you know, there's like, there's like uh, energy that's being let out. Like a volcano. 
So if you let out the air and let out the, 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 the lava on a frequent basis, there's less of a chance of a big explosion. So we thank the Lord for the the Lord asks us to remember him on a weekly basis. So there should be a reconciliation every week. We did that. There would be no division. We let out the air. If someone has offended me, I said, Brother, what you said really offended me. I'm very hurt. And then hopefully that brother will say, Brother, I didn't know, I'm sorry. Reconciliation. But what tends to happen? You hold it in. You don't reconcile for a day, a week. And then what was something really small becomes something bigger. And then you start to imagine things. Oh, he must think this and that of me. You start to let the enemy put a stronghold in your heart. Before you know it, it's a few months or a few years. So, is that what the Lord wants? But the Lord said no. If you're presenting your offering at the altar, first be reconciled. So that's what we have to do. And uh, but not only that. Um, it's not just on a weekly basis. So this is very practical, brothers and sisters. Being mature is something very practical. This matter of forgiveness is something very practical. So in Ephesians, that we Ephesians chapter. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 be angry and yet do not sin do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity so brothers and sisters you know there is of course uh, there is a marriage crisis in this country and for various reasons not just in this country but all over the world we know that the divorce rate is over 50% so when you go to the bookstore there are many self-help books what leads to a better marriage life but brothers and sisters we do not have to go to the bookstore to find out we have the life of Christ living in us and we have the Holy Spirit to teach us but it's very practical what's the secret to happy marriage life Paul tells us, be angry yet do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. So brothers and sisters, it's okay to be angry. And Paul says it's you know, be angry. It's okay. It's it's normal. It's part of being human. And yet do not sin. So what does it mean to be angry and then sin? Of course we read earlier that um, uh, the mind set out set on the flesh is death. So someone, uh, my father, I think used to describe as having a flash flesh attack. Sometimes we have a heart attack. But sometimes we have a flesh attack. You know, just like that volcano I spoke, it blows up. Boom. And we know, of course we know um, that, um, and oftentimes we sin when we get angry. And sometimes when we are angry with our children, so the worst thing to do is to punish them while you're angry. When you're angry. So don't spank your kids when you're angry. Because you're gonna overdo it. You will go over the go over the threshold. So it says, be angry yet do not sin. But Paul here gives us, of course we know that, that's very clear and easy to understand. But Paul gives us another secret. He said, do not let the sun go down on your anger. How is it that we do not sin? We can be angry. But we shouldn't let the sun go down on our anger. Because you know what happens when that does, when when you do that? You sin very easily. And just like um what I mentioned about the weekly thing. So with our spouses. It should be a daily thing. We can have uh, misunderstandings. We can have disagreements. But we shouldn't let the sun go down on our anger. So brothers and sisters, as much as we may argue with our spouses during the day, before we go to bed, we should reconcile on a daily basis. Because you know what happens? If you let the sun go down on your anger, the next day you get up, you think, oh, I'm still angry at her. Oh, you think, what did she do to me? And then what happens? When you let the sun go down in anger, you give the devil an opportunity. Then the devil comes in. Oh, he's terrible. He does not love you. He only thinks of himself. He's so selfish. He never helps you. Blah, 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 blah. And then what happens? A root of bitterness starts to develop. And then that root of bitterness starts to grow. One day, two days, a week, 
A month. Grows bigger and bigger. And to a point where I cannot speak to my spouse. I cannot live with my spouse. So um, there's another verse. Um, in Hebrews 12:15, you don't have to turn there. No root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. So, brothers and sisters, if we give the devil the opportunity, that root of bitterness starts to develop and grow. Before you know it, it's a stronghold. Before you know it, you don't know how to deal with it. Before you know it, it gets out of hand. And it gets worse. So brothers and sisters, what is the secret? Be angry and yet do not sin. How do we do that? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So brothers and sisters, the same principle. Reconcile that little thing. Let it go. So that we do not give the devil an opportunity. So brothers and sisters, very practical. Very simple. And um, and the other thing is now even I think even in the worldly ma- manner um, uh, even in the world people know that you should often say sorry now I don't think anywhere in the Bible does it say you should say sorry frequently but there's a verse and I'll ask you if you agree with me but Luke 17 verse 3 to 4 says be on your guard if your brother sins rebuke him if he repents forgive him if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying I repent forgive him okay so I think uh, when he says he repents means when he says sorry in modern terms right I'm sorry, I'm very sorry for what I did. I regret what I did. You should forgive me. So, learn to say sorry. Because at the, at the end, in actuality, saying sorry. Not to spiritualize it. But it takes a, a, a self-denying for, for us to be able to say sorry. Right? To say sorry means I know I am wrong. I know I sinned against you. I know I fell short. So brothers and sisters, so to take up the cross, deny, deny ourselves and follow the Lord Sometimes saying sorry is a very 
basic expression of that. 那必須是這樣跟隨主我們經常要說抱歉的時候,是一種彰顯的方法。So so that's why when Peter came to the Lord. In Matthew, uh, sorry, in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 18. And we read this earlier. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew 18:21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. 那时彼得进前来对耶稣说,主啊,我弟兄得罪我,当然说他几次呢,到七次可以吗? Now Peter, when he came to the Lord, he was very excited. Because he came to the Lord and said, and he was thinking, Lord, if my brother sins against me, um, uh, what should I do? Should I forgive him up to seven times? Because Peter thought he was pretty good. Because at the time there was a Jewish tradition where you could you should forgive someone up to three times. Because in the book of Amos it talks about they interpreted that God forgave them up to three times. So you should forgive if someone offends you three times and then the fourth time you don't have to forgive him. So Peter came to the Lord and said, Lord, should I forgive up to seven times? And of course, to his surprise, the Lord always says something completely opposite to what he's thinking. He said, not up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven times. What does that mean? Now, every day, Peter could have said, well, Andrew said something that offended me. Oh, I should, I should forgive him. So, then he'll go through the day, and then he'll be like, okay, that's number three. Okay, I should forgive him. The fifth time, oh, I should forgive him. Up to seven times. So, when it's seven times, you can actually count it. You can actually remember it. But what does it mean when it's 70 times 7 times? If you calculate that you're awake 16 hours a day, that means you are being offended every 2 minutes. And Peter needs to forgive. Every 2 minutes. But when it's 490 times, you're not going to count, oh, that's the 393rd time. <laughs> because what does that mean? We forgive 
Brothers and sisters, that's what the Lord demands of us. That we forgive, and we forget. And I mean, if you think about it, what's the chance of who, who has the higher likelihood of offending the other? Is it Peter offending Andrew or Andrew offending Peter? Peter was a completely emotional guy. And he would always say the wrong things. And you barely heard Andrew speak a word in the whole Bible. But brothers and sisters, what did the Lord tell Peter? We must forgive and we must forget. Brothers and sisters, can we do that? Now the life of Christ already dwells in us. We ought to be able to forgive and forget. The question is, are you willing to deny yourself? Allow the life of Christ to live out through you. If you do that, you'll be able to forgive and you'll be able to forget. For brothers and sisters, why should we forgive and forget? The Lord then goes on to share a parable. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 22, after the Lord said that, verse 23, for this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. Was brought to him, but since he did not have the means to repay, his lord commanded him to be sold, along with his wife and children and all that he had, and the payment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, "Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything." And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. A hundred denarii. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, 
and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. So, brothers and sisters, here is a parable that the Lord told. And it spoke of a king who wished to settle his accounts with his slaves. And one of the slaves owed him 10,000 talents. And then he would ask, so the king said, well, let his wife and his children be sold so that he could repay me. But then the slave fell to the ground and pleaded for mercy and says, Have patience with me and I will repay everything. And then that king forgave that slave's debt. But that same slave went out and after another of his uh, fellow slaves. Because that slave owed him a hundred denarii. And began to choke him and say, Pay back what you owe. And the same way his fellow slave said, Have patience with me and I will repay you. And he was not willing. And then uh, and he threw him in prison until he would pay back what was owed. So, brothers and sisters, during that time, there was uh, uh, there was uh, 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 a denarius that's mentioned here. It's essentially a coin, a silver coin. And that silver coin essentially was a day's wages. So a hundred days wage. So a hundred denarii was a hundred days wages. So if you think about it, assuming a day's wages equivalent to say is a hundred dollars. So hundred denarii is about So it's not an insignificant number. But brothers and sisters, for ten thousand dollars, this slave was not willing to forgive his his brother or his fellow slave. And he threw him in prison. But at the same time, right before this, the king had forgiven him. How much did he forgive the debt? Ten thousand talents. Now, do you know how much one talent is worth? One talent is 
6,000 denarii. In other words, 所以, uh, 换句话说, one talent is 20 years wages. So if you think about it, 那你仔细思想的话, 20 years wages, what does that equal to in today's terms? 20年的工价是今日的, 我们今日的金钱来算是多少？600,000。That's one talent. This slave owed that king 10,000 talents. Do you know how much that is? 你知道有是多少吗? 10,000 talent is 200,000 years wages. 哇,一万他连得是 200,000 years wages. So I've worked for 20 years already. And maybe have another 20 years. And you know, when, when Christiana is graduated from college. So then, hopefully, I can retire. That's two times 20 years. This is 200,000 years. So brothers and sisters, how many days is that? 60 million days. Do you know how much equivalent in dollars is it? Six billion dollars. Six billion dollars. Now, depending on how you calculate it, and um, it, some have actually estimated maybe even up to ten billion dollars. Now, if you have ten billion dollars, you'll be one of the top 50 richest people in the world. Brothers and sisters, the Lord was trying to tell a story. When the Lord died for us, when He laid down His life, it's impossible to put a price to what He paid. He said the price is paid. The Lord, just so we could have some concept, at minimum, our salvation, according to this, this parable, if the Lord, I think, was just trying to give us a perspective, Christ paid $6 billion for each one of us. It's, it's worth way more, more than that. But brothers and sisters, relatively speaking, this is how the Father has forgiven us. We deserve to die. But He died in our place. This was the debt. We fell short of the glory of God. But this is, if we want to try to work out our salvation, just是工作要能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工作,我們能夠自己的工
10,000 talents. $6 billion. But brothers and sisters, for 100 denarii, for four months wages, we're willing to choke our brother and sister. Pay back. Isn't this the story? But what does the father say? Uh, what what did uh, the Lord say actually? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Brothers and sisters, just compared with how the Lord has forgiven us, whatever offense your brother or sister has committed against you, whatever they have said, whatever, however they have hurt us, at most is 10,000 denarii. Brothers and sisters, we are to forgive our brother from our hearts. We are to be Reconcile to them. Is there someone that you feel owes you? Offended you? You are not able to talk to them. What does the Lord say? You have to forgive them. Because the Lord has forgiven us. So, brothers and sisters, this is the life that is in us. How do we grow? What is a sign of us growing up? Is when we can have a heart of forgiveness. So you know the story of um, of how a pearl is formed. Now if you take an oyster or something like it, and when there's when there's a foreign object that comes and bothers this oyster. Now, the the natural thing to do is to try to blow it up, right? But the, that's not what the oyster does. It actually secretes something and then encircles that foreign object. It could be a particle of sand maybe a parasite uh, something that bothers him and instead of kicking it out it embraces it and then pours it spits out that that um, that something and then after one round it's still there it gives out more of that liquid so that oyster embraces that foreign object and then what do you get in the end? you get a pearl in New Jerusalem you find three materials there's gold there's precious stones and there's pearl what is the work that the Lord Jesus is doing today now we know that precious stone and the transparent gold comes from high heat and high pressure 
the special thing of the pearl is it comes as a result of us taking our cross and following the Lord. It comes as a result of us forbearing one another. Someone says something that offends us. We want to react. Our natural tendency is to shoot back. If you're going to say something that I can't sleep for a night, I'm going to say something so you don't sleep for a week. Our natural reaction is to one-up the other person. Is to react. But what the Lord demands of us, that embracing of that foreign element speaks of grace. Grace upon grace. Upon grace. You say something that offends me, I'm willing to be silent. I'm willing to embrace that. Embrace the cross. Willing to die to myself. Embrace. Remember, Paul said he had a thorn in, in his side. Remember, when he was younger, he used to kick against the gold. But now, Paul, Paul learned to live with that thorn in his side. Brothers and sisters, on your daily basis, you feel like there are things that come and bother you. Your spouse may offend you. Your children may yell at you. But what is our response? Is it to respond with grace? Then what is going to be formed is that pearl. That is, that is what it means to be conformed to the image of the Son. For that life to grow up. That life is not a life that fights back. Brothers and sisters, our, our Lord Jesus was the Lamb of God. He was silent before His shearers. He was a silent lamb that was willing to, the, to go to the cross and be slaughtered. Is that the life that we demonstrate? Is, are we willing to take up our cross, deny ourselves to follow the Lord? Are we willing to forgive? Are we willing to, just like that oyster, to give out grace? Are we willing to forgive? Every week before we come before the Lord's table, we have a chance to reconcile with our brothers and sisters. Every day at home, we have a chance to reconcile with our spouses. Are we willing to say sorry? Are we willing to take up our cross and follow the Lord? Brothers and sisters, there's nothing more practical than that. There's nothing more practical that every day as we deal with our siblings, we deal with our spouses, we deal with brothers and sisters, there's going to be friction. 
那我们的家人接触的时候是会有问题的。How do we respond? Now the Corinthians, Paul said they were fleshly. Aren't you just like mere men? So why did the Lord even die for you? You're just like people of the world. Your home is just like the people of the world. It's supposed to be heaven on earth. But is it heaven on earth? There should be no dissensions and factions in our midst. Do we hold grudges against our brothers and sisters for months and years? Brothers and sisters, then why even be saved? What are we taking our Lord's salvation for? We're just like the people of the world. Brothers and sisters, is that what the Lord is after? Paul said, You are fleshly. You are babies. May the Lord encourage us. May we learn to grow up. May we become mature. How do we grow up? Allow the life of Christ to grow in us. But we have to pay a price. Brothers and sisters, it's not. Peter said that the 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 light affliction you go through is incomparable to the eternal weight of glory. Do we really want to hold on to our pride? The world is going to teach you. You have your rights. You have to fight for your rights. You are equal with someone else. You need to have equal pay. You need to not be discriminated. You have to fight back. But brothers and sisters, that's the world. Our Lord Jesus, He did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. But our Lord Jesus is willing to submit to His Father. He was equal with God. But He did not grasp at that. Do we want to grasp at that? When we argue, isn't that when we're trying to grasp our own rights? I have a right to speak up. I'm equal with you. You say something bad to me, I'll say something bad to you back. Are we grasping our equality? Is that something that we grasp at? Are we fighting for our rights? Or are we willing to take up our cross and follow the Lord? We have to pay a price. But that's the price that will allow us to grow up. Brothers and sisters, there's a warning at the end of that parable. It says, Move with anger, he handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. Verse 34. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. A few weeks back, our brother Lucio shared on this matter. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Brothers and sisters, why it is still today? 
While the Lord still gives us chance on this earth, why not learn the lesson? Why not lay hold of every opportunity? Now, our time, we don't know how much time we have left. We don't, the Lord is coming soon. We don't know how long our mortal bodies can go on. We could be here today, gone tomorrow. May we lay hold of the opportunities that the Lord gave us today. Let's not wait. Let's not waste the opportunity the Lord has given us. While it is today, may we be able to forgive one another. May we be able to love one another. Because the Lord said, in, in, in the word, there's a very interesting phrase, predestined. And uh, if I have a chance, I'll, I'll sh- I want to share on that word predestined. The Lord, everywhere you read in the Bible where it says the word predestined, it all has to do with maturity. It has to do with conforming to the image of His Son. So, the Lord is going to make it happen. The question is, when is it going to happen? Do you want it to happen today? Or do you want to wait until the Great Tribulation? Or you want to wait till the thousand years? Now when... The Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven and the thousand years. And then there it speaks about weeping and gnashing of teeth in the outer darkness. Now, we won't go into the details, but there's a warning at the end of this parable. Brothers and sisters, we do not want to regret that we did not take lay hold of the opportunity the Lord gave us today. The Lord will get what He's after. But do we want to wait? Do we want to regret it? For a thousand years. And so, I just, hopefully this will pique your interest in looking at this parable. That the warning of the Lord, warning from the Father is very serious. So, but maybe we shouldn't focus on the negative. Why don't we focus on the positive? The Lord gives us many opportunities. Every week, every breaking of bread, we have a chance to be reconciled with our brothers. Every day, we should be angry but we should not let the sun go down on our anger. Then there will be no root of bitterness. There will be no strongholds. There will be no divisions. But what people will see, the testimony of the oneness of the body of Christ. What will people see? That Christ reigns in our families. That we are different from the people of the world. We do not fight for our rights. But we allow the life of Christ to live through us. That's our testimony. The mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. 
the Lord said that they may love one another then they will know that you have sent me that is our testimony loving one another laying aside our own self washing one another's feet very practical brother may we learn this lesson maybe we have a season of prayers before we conclude